Howdy guys, I'm your host, Aiden Matthews, and welcome to episode 3 of Aiden on Anchor, the show where I talk about my life stories, as well as my own personal journey with this cool little app called Anchor. Hopefully you guys are doing well. It is October 29th, 2017, and I'm real sorry I haven't been putting out episodes in the past two days, but if you recall at the end of episode 2, I was talking about how I was going to come back with a review of Lady and the Tramp. The only problem was, I haven't had time to see the film. Well, I finally saw it. We're now back in this podcast. We got a lot of stuff that I want to talk about today. But the first thing I want to open up this podcast with is a review of this movie. Because I absolutely adore Lady and the Tramp. And I want to talk about why. For starters, this film looks incredible. Visually, Lady and the Tramp is just fantastic. I like the way how they were able to capture this rich neighborhood, as well as the grungy parts like the dog pound. I love the way they were able to showcase winter and rain in both its chaotic and peaceful natures. But most importantly, I like the way our characters look and act visually. You know, most of our main characters in this film are dogs, and dogs act a certain way. Well, in the film, these dogs look and act like real dogs, like they mimic it very well. And I appreciate the fact that the animators in this film took the time to research that and put that effort forth. Because as a result, this film feels a lot more realistic. And I appreciate that. Another part of the realism aspect of this is that there really isn't a villain in this film. Sure, you may think like the Siamese cats or the rat or Aunt Sarah, but they're not in it long enough to be like the main focal villain. So, this sort of movie just has a lot of life in it. And a lot of stories and relies a whole lot on its characters, which I think is great. And I think it stands out from the other Disney movies that have the cliché villain. One of the things I don't like is the soundtrack. There were only two songs that I remembered here, one of which was uh, Peg's song, and she sings about Tramp. She's my favorite side character, by the way. I should go ahead and mention that as well. And the other song is sung by the Siamese cat, Signed Am, and it's more of this oriental song. Which I don't know if those two characters in general are considered racist back then, but they definitely feel like it nowadays with all their Asian stereotypes. I don't find it too bad. I like them, but some people could be offended by it. But yeah, the rest of the songs I didn't like a whole lot. The only other main problem I had with this film is the pacing. For example, there's one scene where a dog looks to be dead. He gets ran over a horse, and you see his friend crying over it. Not three seconds after he's done crying... The scene immediately switches to this happy Christmas time, and the character that you thought was dead turns out isn't. So that was weird. I also, uh, one thing I kind of like, some people might not like, is that you can tell this film was made in the 50s. For example, ladies' owners, uh, the husband and wife, call each other by Jim Deere and Darling, and we never hear their names, but that's just how they communicate with each other, and I think that's very 50s. Tramp in this movie calls Lady Pidge, which is sort of like this cute romantic nickname. But Pidge is like short for Pigeon, which I don't think is very romantic at all, but hey, might have been a thing in the 50s. The way I want to end this review, though, is talking about the strongest aspect of the movie is the characters. I already mentioned the side character Peg, but we also have Bull, Jock the Scottish Terrier, Trusty the Bloodhound, Tony the restaurant owner, his assistant. They're all great. But Lady and Tramp specifically are what make this movie. Tramp is very... Happy-go-lucky and free, but learns to be more serious. And Lady, who she's the best out of all of them. She is so innocent and naive, but learns so much throughout this movie by 
relying on other characters. She gets into trouble sometimes. She has great moments, bad moments. She doesn't put up with anyone's shit. Like, she's just adorable to watch, and she's amazing. I love her. If you go back to watch this movie, I guarantee you it's for Lady. But yeah, this film's great. I like almost every aspect of it. From its more realistic setting, to the way it looks, to the characters. The only bad parts I mentioned are the soundtrack and are its pacing, and I think those are big problems. But if you haven't seen this movie, I'd recommend going ahead and doing so. It's absolutely great. This was my first time seeing it, and I adored it, so you should go do that as well. But yeah, that's my review. We're going to end off the segment here, and uh, when I come back, we'll talk about something else. But yeah, this is Aiden, and I'll see you later. Peace. Howdy, guys. I'm your host, Aiden Matthews, and welcome back to Aiden on Anchor. This is segment number two for episode three, and I hope you're enjoying your listening experience so far. We're going to switch gears and talk about consistency on YouTube. Me and my buddy Zack Snyder, who you may have heard of from your everyday nerd, we run a YouTube podcast in which we talk about intricacies of the platform, and we just came out with an episode today talking about consistency. So I figured I'd summarize my thoughts here, and who knows, maybe even offer new stuff as well. So consistency is something that's really important, obviously, no matter what platform you're on. I think if you're a content creator, consistency probably is one of your main keys to success. And it's really important, and it's something that's often hard to achieve. I mean, for example... (laughs) I'm not terribly consistent on Anchor, you know? I talked about in the first segment, it's been two days since I came out with an episode. And I try to do these once every day. So, right, like, that's not very consistent of me. But on YouTube, I also struggle with that as well. Sometimes I can't get a video out, either due to time or college or energy or whatever other excuse I want to use. But that's the thing, they're excuses. Ultimately, I have to be responsible and try each and every day to be more consistent, you know? And I can only blame myself when that doesn't happen. Consistency, to me anyway, is also a great way of measuring hard work and effort being put forward by a channel. Like, consistency shows me how much a channel is working and if they can be working harder or not. And I think it's kind of crucial that I use the word consistency to measure hard work and not the word quality or quantity. Because you guys have seen channels that post 10 videos a day and none of them are good. Like, right? It might not have taken them any work at all. And they might be trash. But quality, you know, there are some channels that can post really quality videos. But it might take them eight months, so it's hard for them to be relevant. And quality is also a word that's just subjective in general. So when I bring up the faults of words like quality and quantity, these faults are the reason that I don't use them to measure hard work. Consistency, on the other hand, each channel decides how consistent they're going to be. And I just simply use that scale. So, for example, if a channel says that they're going to post one video a week, I'll look at their channel and see, do they post one video a week? 
If they are, they're consistent and they're continuing to work hard. If they don't, maybe they're not as hard or maybe something happened or maybe they're taking a break. I don't know. But I like using consistency for that purpose. I have a question of the day for you guys. And this is going to be the main question of the day for this podcast episode. But my question is, how do you guys manage to achieve consistency? And this can be for any aspect of life. This could be for your job. This could be for school. This could be for YouTube, Anchor, Twitter, or just anything in general. How do you all manage to achieve consistency? I would love to hear some methods so maybe I can improve and get better. And if you leave an answer to this question of the day, I will include your call-in for this podcast. I just figured it out about call-ins like a couple of days ago, and I think it's really cool. So that's why I'm sort of implementing just one question of the day, just so we can get the opportunity to have a lot of call-ins show up on this podcast. I think that would be amazing. But anyway, that will do it for this segment. Stay tuned. Keep listening to the podcast. And yeah, that'll do it. I've been Aiden, and I'll see you guys in the next segment. Peace. Howdy guys, I'm your host Aiden Matthews, and welcome back to Aiden on Anchor. This is segment number three for episode three, and I want to talk about a little game that I've been playing called Super Mario Odyssey. Holy cow, this game is so good. I eventually probably am going to do a video on it, I'm not sure what yet. Whether it's going to be like a midnight vlog or maybe a full-on review, I'm not sure. But I want to give just a couple of first impressions that I have in this little anchor segment here. So Mario Odyssey was something that I was very excited for. It was going back to sort of the 64 style of Mario, where you had these big sandbox levels, and you would have to like go collect stars by doing certain tasks. In this game, you collect power moons by doing certain tasks, but it's basically the same formula. That got me interested. The other thing that got me really hyped about this game was the possession mechanic, in which you could throw your hat and capture enemies, and then use those enemies to solve puzzles, explore, and do all these other cool things. Going into the game and actually playing it, it overachieves my expectations. And to be fair, I didn't have too many high expectations. You know, I'm not like a mega fan of Mario. I enjoy a lot of his games, but I'm nowhere near this top tier Mario fanatic. But this game manages to impress me on so many levels. Like, let's go with the two things I was excited about, right? The open sandbox style, done beautifully here. So many of these levels are memorable in their location, in their setting, in their music, how you explore them, how you interact with them. And it also works beautifully with the possession mechanic. Because some enemies you need to possess in order to get through certain parts of it. And I think that's great. And sometimes it can be an enemy that's like right there in front of it, so it's like, oh, it's obvious. But sometimes an enemy you need might be a little bit further back. So you kind of have to think your way through things. 
And so it becomes really fun to go in these big open levels and explore and use all the possession cap options. It makes this game really fun, basically. It makes this game so much fun to play. But then there were other things that I wasn't expecting a whole lot of. For example, Mario Odyssey has a ton of charm. Like, this game is charming and amusing. From the cutscenes, to Cappy, uh, to the Jaxie, and all these little characters that you meet, like the villagers in Toasterina, you know? Or Captain Toad, or other characters like this. This game is just chock full of charm. Which is something that's been missing from a lot of modern Mario, you know? The new Super Mario Bros. games, they felt soulless. They didn't feel like there was much charm there. The same can be said for 3D Land and 3D World. Both okay games, but felt very generic. Felt very soulless. Mario Odyssey is not like that. The first time you possess an enemy, you throw a cap at a frog. And, you know, that could have been it. You could have just taken over the frog and you're just done. But Mario Odyssey instead decides to show this long... Really funny cutscene about how your body is going into the frog and how your mind is taking over it and there's all these little PNGs of real life frogs and stuff and you're sort of traveling through its mind or whatever. And then you open your eyes and you look down at your hands and you have little frog hands. It's adorable. It's absolutely adorable. This game cracks me up with its puns, its jokes, its characters, whether it's Peach, Cappy, Bowser, whoever. This game's really charming. Obviously, I haven't played through all of Mario Odyssey yet. There's still plenty of worlds that I have not even seen or heard of. Uh, but like I said, I'll probably be giving more thoughts about it on my YouTube channel. But that will do it for this segment. I will see you guys in the next one. Peace. Howdy, guys. I'm your host, Aiden Matthews. And welcome back to Aiden on Anchor. This is segment number four, a.k.a. the final segment of episode three. Hopefully you've enjoyed the podcast. I feel like I've gotten a lot of value out of it. I did want to quickly ask, though, if these transitions were too much. If you're not a fan of these transitions, please let me know, either via comment, call-in, whatever. I'll be glad to work something out if need be. The reason I do these little transitions is mainly because if somebody just wanted to hear this segment in particular, but I know if you're listening to all of them in a row, it can sometimes be tedious. I don't know, though. Again, I'm, I'm learning. I'm trying to figure this out on myself. But anyway, the final thing that I wanted to talk about before we ended our episode three is I want to talk about The weekend because The weekend is tight. Yeah, boy. You know, for some people, the weekend starts on Friday. And, you know, I could see how some people would say, no, it doesn't start on Friday. I got school that day. I got to work on Friday. But if you think about it, the second you get home on Friday, like, that's truly when the weekend begins. So I consider it part of it, but others don't. And Friday really is just a weekend day for me because... I managed to schedule all my college classes on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday just so I could have Friday off. Like, my Fridays are sacred. You ain't touching them. So that's where my weekend begins. If you disagree, that's fine. Totally understand it. But that's where my weekend starts. And then we get to Saturday, which is like 
probably the most unanimously loved day of the entire week. Because you ain't got any school stuff, so it's better than Friday. And it's better than Sunday, because you don't have to worry about tomorrow, where you have to go back to school on Monday. So Saturday just leaves you in this perfect area where you have just enough time to do whatever you want. If you're oversleeping, if you're working, whatever, you can do it. I sleep in on Saturdays. That's my plan. <laughs> and don't wake me up either. Because then if you wake me up on a Saturday, you've essentially ruined the entire weekend for me. Like, that is the unholy grail of weekend defilement. Don't you dare wake somebody up who's trying to oversleep on a Saturday. That's just bad news. And then the last day of the weekend, Sunday, it's alright, you know? The thing that most people hate about Sunday is the shift from that day onto Monday, where they have to go back to work or go back to school. But if you ignore that part of it, Sunday is still pretty good. Again, you can sleep, you can prepare for things, you know, you can start your week off strong, you can look ahead a bit. Sunday still has value, just people think ahead too much, that's the issue. And I particularly love Sunday a lot more than when I used to as a kid, because nowadays, Sunday is great for me, because on Monday, my class starts way later. So, you know, before Sunday, oh no, got Monday classes real early in the morning. That's going to suck. I can't even sleep in. But now because my class starts at 4 on Monday, I can sleep in. I'm still good. And it gives me plenty of time to transition from weekend Aiden to work Aiden. So, I made sure my schedule really adapted for that. That being said, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday for me absolutely suck in terms of college stuff because I'm doing like literally everything but I made Monday easy I made Friday non-existent and my weekend's still good we Gucci and hey I know some people who don't like weekends because they choose to work on those days so shout out to you guys who like work every day you guys are troopers I couldn't do that <laughs> I need a couple of days off from school anyway and work I don't consider YouTube work, so I do that all the time. Yeah, I do consider it work, just not in the same way other people think. But yeah, the weekend, it's great. I love it. But that'll be the end of this podcast. Let me know if you enjoyed episode three of Aiden on Anchor somewhere on the internet, whether it's via call-in, comment, whatever. I really appreciate it. But that'll be it for me. I've been your host, Aiden Matthews, and I... And signing off. Bye.